They got me beat. Uh, wow. Thank you, guys. Um, Monica and Elise, uh, Hello World team. That was very, very, um, it, it blessed. Yes, yes. Thank you, guys. Um, and so, as you can see, we have our kids a part of our worship today. Um, we also want them to uh, not just be um, second class to worship, but we want them to be part of worship, and we want them to see what it looks like um, for families to worship together, but then what it looks like to really uh, enjoy praising God. And so, um, man, I, I was really blessed by that. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. Merry Christmas Eve to everyone. I uh, just want to say welcome to everyone who is new to our church, uh, guests, um, guests of friends and family. Uh, we just want to thank you for making today uh, a place, or here, Blueprint, making Blueprint a place for you to worship today. And so I hope that you are encouraged by today's service, uh, and uh, I hope that you would make Blueprint your home if you don't have a home church to go to. So I want to go ahead and pray, and then we can dive into God's Word. Um, and, uh, and I pray that the Word of God encourage us today in this Christmas season. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for all that you have done for us. Um, as we pause now just to acknowledge this moment where we stand and sit and rest before your living word, your living word that um, just bring life, your living word that transforms, it's your living word that gives joy, is your living word that encourages, it's your living word that sets free. It's your living word that we depend on. And so right now, as we sit before your living word, I pray that it would come alive to us. And right now, as we just reflect on just Christmas and what that means and, and so many things that was communicated through worship, your name is beautiful. You are Emmanuel. You came to dwell with us. You, you came to meet us where we all are. You came to walk with us. You came to guide us. And you came to set us free. And we celebrate that, the amazing gift that you have given to all of us in Jesus, your son. And so, God, we thank you Thank you, thank you for what you have done. Lord, right now, I just ask that as we sit and rest under your word, you can do so many great things, but right now we ask that you do only what you can do. Um, speak to us, encourage us where we are, and if there's anyone here today that don't know who you are and the amazing gift that you have to offer, I pray today would be the day that they receive that gift. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. 
Um, I'm gonna try to have the same energy as the kids, but I'm choking right now with this tie. Um, I only wear a tie when my mom comes and on Christmas. And so today is Christmas and that's why I'm wearing a tie. Um, but again, we thank you so much for worshiping with us. Uh, today we're gonna be in Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, verses four through seven. If you have your Bibles, go ahead, turn with me. I'm gonna give you some time to find it. Bibles or your phones or whatever electronics that you have. Go ahead, turn with me to Luke chapter two, and we're gonna start from verses four through seven. If you have it, say amen. All right, so it reads, verse four, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Well, today I wanna to take the time to look at the story in the Bible, and I think this is a story that's probably very familiar to most of us, even if you're not used to coming to church or even if you're not used to reading the Bible, I'm pretty sure uh, you've come across this story or probably seen depiction of this story maybe on Christmas cards or probably uh, Christmas decoration. Uh, we normally call this scene in the story the nativity uh, scene or the nativity story. And this is the story where Jesus was born and then we find him laying in a manger. And so in this story, or maybe like in the pictures that you've seen, you probably have seen Mary and Joseph and then Jesus lying in this manger. And around Jesus and Mary and Joseph, you probably would see animals and shepherds and you know, you probably would see magis or wise men, right, coming before Jesus, coming before the family, bringing gifts. And so I want to highlight the story, not just because it's Christmas, but because it actually fits in the series that we've been for the past couple of weeks. So if you haven't been here with us, the past couple of weeks, we've been in a series called Make Room, Make Room. And so in this series, we've been talking about how to show hospitality to people to create a space in our lives to prioritize others in order to develop meaningful relationship. And so as we end this series today, I wanna to shift our focus from talking about how to make room for people to talk about making room for Jesus. Now, that may sound like a very cheesy, churchy question, are you making room for Jesus? Have you made room for Jesus? But I want you to know that's a very crucial, significant question. Are we making room for Jesus? In order to make room for people, Jesus has to come first. And it's from that place we have the capacity to show hospitality to people. And so today I wanna to shift our focus from that to talk about are we making room for Jesus, right? Have we made Jesus a primary focus in our lives or is Jesus an afterthought? 
Are we making Jesus primary focus in our lives or is Jesus an afterthought? Does Jesus have a central place in our lives or do we just think about him when it's convenient or necessary and when we need him, right? Are we actively seeking to develop a more intimate relationship with Jesus or does he only matters when it suits us? And so these are the questions that I want us to be thinking about. Because when we see the story, when we think about the story in Luke chapter 2, we oftentimes think of the story as this sweet, heartwarming story about baby Jesus. But I think sometimes we miss that the story also holds an element of sadness and rejection. So much of this story shows us how we in our lives can get so caught up with our own priorities that we fail to see the significance of Jesus in the proper place that he should hold. We miss him. And so this is what we see in Luke chapter 2, right? Because in Luke chapter 2, it starts off, it tells us that Mary and Joseph had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, right? So at the time, they were living in Nazareth, but because of this decree by Caesar, Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor, they had to go back to their hometown to register for a census. And so Mary and Joseph had to travel back from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And now traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem was about a four-hour trip, about 80 miles if you had to drive. But for these people, most of their travel had to be by foot or maybe on a donkey. And so this trip for Mary and Joseph to travel back to their hometown was about a week that they had to walk. And so I want you to imagine Mary and Joseph, maybe 15 to 16 years old because they were teens, walking for several days or weeks to go back home for this census. I want you to imagine for several days walking in this scorching sun during the day or probably walking in the deep of the night, how unsafe that could have been. And then I want you to imagine as they were walking for days to go back home, desperately searching for a place to rest. And so Mary, too, was on, on, on the verge of having this baby. And so she was urgently seeking for a place to lay down. And every place that they went, they were met with constant rejection. Constant rejection from these hotel owners. People were just indifferent or probably apathetic towards their situation. And so we see how this young family was probably physically tired, emotionally exhausted, desperately in need, but then constantly overlooked. And I believe this is the same way we see how the God of the universe, the God who created the world, came into his own creation in the form of man only to face constant rejection from his creation. From Jesus's very birth, the people that Jesus came to save 
overlooked him or were too preoccupied to receive him to make room. And so just like these hotel owners, either we don't recognize who's before us, we don't recognize who Jesus is, or we're too occupied or apathetic to care. And so we see how in this story, just like these hotel owners, we don't care enough to make Jesus a priority in our lives. We are too busy or too distracted, or maybe we are too focused on pursuing other things, or maybe we are too prioritized, or, or we're too focused on our job. We prioritize our job success or our future or our personal needs. We're so consumed with our own goals in life, and we become so indifferent to what God wants for us and what he came to offer. And we close the door on him. Or maybe we don't close the door completely on him. Maybe we don't turn Jesus completely away. Right? But what I think sometimes we do, just like these hotel owners, instead of completely turning him away, we give him a stable. We give Jesus a manger outside. We, 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 we place him in this place where is, he's not completely invited in, but he's on the fringes. We give him a manger. And we see how Jesus, the creator of the universe, was given a place outside that belonged to animals. We keep him close. We keep him close enough, but not too close to disrupt our lives. And I think we all do that. For some of us, Jesus, I think, in our lives, he doesn't necessarily have a significant impact, right? We have him in our lives, but he doesn't really make a difference because he doesn't really impact the decisions that we make. We keep him at a distance, but we never really welcome him in. And so we see how this king, the king of glory, the king of the universe, he left his throne in heaven to occupy our hearts. But then instead, what we do, we keep him on the sidelines and not really the place at the center of our lives. And so we see this beautifully explained in Philippians chapter 2, who Jesus is. The Bible says, Paul says, Jesus, he is God, but the God of the universe, he emptied himself, right? He emptied himself, he became low like a servant, and he took on the likeness of humanity for us. And so pretty much what that's communicating is that God was willing to sacrifice everything for us. He shed his power he shed his glory. He shed, he shed his perfection. But then in return, we give him a box, a stable that's meant for animals. God was willing to empty himself, empty his life on the cross. He gave us his best. And when he gave us his best, it's not to settle for our leftovers, 
but he wants everything. He wants our hearts. And I think this is what this story is trying to communicate. God doesn't want our leftovers. God doesn't want to be left on the doorsteps of our lives. God wants to be in the center. We see after after Jesus gave himself to us, giving everything, exhausted himself, in return, we are to give ourselves to him, right? But what we do is, it's after we've exhausted ourselves to our busy schedules and to everything else that we have to do, it's in the end we remember we need God. Right? After we've given ourselves to everything else, that's when we remember, oh, God needs something. We should give to God. It's after we give all of our efforts and we find out that it doesn't work, that's when we realize, okay, I, you know, I think I need to pray. We try and we fail, and then that's when we turn to God. We remember God. Or maybe when you're frustrated in life or your plans are frustrated, that's when we remember we need God to guide us. And so oftentimes we treat God like a backup plan and not like the one who came to meet us where we are. And we see oftentimes, right, we treat God like this contingency plan in our lives. And and what God really wants, he wants to be present in every moment. Jesus is not our backup plan. And so often we treat him this way. But here's the thing. If only we knew who Jesus really was. Because if only these hotel owners knew who Jesus really was, I wonder if they would have made room for him. I wonder if they would have invited him in. I wonder if they would have rejected him. Right? So much of the gospel is about having a clear understanding of who Jesus is. Because sometimes we can get so, we can have such a low view of God, such a low view of Jesus, and it limits us from really seeing what Jesus has to offer, right? Because we see so many religion around the world are trying to figure out, like, what can I do? What can I offer to receive blessing from God? So many religion, and so, so much of our lives kind of look like that. We're trying to figure out what can I offer to God to receive favor or to receive acceptance or to receive forgiveness or to receive love. And we see that the more we try, the more we feel our efforts are not enough. And then we may pray or we may come to church or maybe we may read our Bibles. We may try to be good We may try to probably check off all of our religious obligations. But then the more we do that, the more we realize that's never enough. But then the beauty of the Christian faith is that it's not about us trying to give to God, but the beauty of Christianity is that Jesus comes to give to us. He comes to offer to us what we could never offer to him, right? Jesus came to offer to these hotel owners. He offers so much to him that we can never give to him. He offers us love that we can never give to him, a love that 
that, that, that's undeserved and unconditional. He offers forgiveness and grace to cover all of our mistakes when he requires perfection that we can never give. He offers acceptance even though for most of our lives we've rejected him. Jesus lived the life that we could not live, a perfect, sinless life. And Jesus died the death that we deserved, a sinner's death on the cross, to give us a great gift, a precious gift that you and I could never earn. His sacrifice and his resurrection on the cross gave us this precious gift this new life, a relationship with God, which is the best that God has to offer. And he did all of this not to receive from us a manger, a box that belongs to animals to be placed on the doorsteps of our lives or on the periphery of our lives or keep him at a distance but he did this to receive a room, a central place in our lives, a place meant for a king. He did this for us, a place meant for a savior. But if only we knew, if only we knew who was lying in this manger, if only we knew who was at the doorsteps, if only we knew that Jesus was not just a backup plan, but he was God who controlled all things, and he's not the leftovers. He shouldn't be considered as the leftovers of our lives. I believe we would gladly rearrange everything to prioritize him and make room for him at the center of our lives. And so as we think about this question, are we making room for Jesus? I hope when you think about this Christmas and the story, Jesus came to us. He came to invite us in. He made a room for us. And this is what the Bible talks about. That when Jesus died on the cross, he invited us, he invited us into the presence of the Father. And there is a place for us that he has created so that we can dwell with him for all eternity. And so, so many of us today can become so distracted, just like with Christmas, we get so distracted with all the things surrounding Christmas, we sometimes forget what is it that we're celebrating. In the same way, in life, we get so distracted with work, we get so distracted with pursuing future, our kids, and great things probably. But then we miss our purpose. We miss why we were created. We were created to worship the king. And we spent our entire life with him at the doorsteps, giving him the leftovers. And then we think that he's really in the center. And Jesus is saying today, let's move him back to where he belongs. Let's give him the very best. Let's offer him our life. Not a place that's convenient for us and not a place that's meant for animals, 
Because this, sometimes this is how we treat our king. But a place that's meant for our savior, a place that's meant for the Lord, a place that's meant for the lover of our lives, a place that's meant for the one who gave it all for us, willingly and joyfully, so that we can have eternal place with him in heaven. And so I want to pray for us today. Um, and I want to pray that as you celebrate Christmas with your family and your friends, that is what we remember, that Jesus came to make a place for us, and so we are to make room for him, and not just a place that is convenient, but a place that is central. Let's make room for Jesus um, this Christmas holiday. Father, we want to thank you uh, for this time. And again, just want to thank you for the great gift that you have given us, a gift that we did not deserve. It's because of you, we get to experience joy. We get to experience freedom. We get to experience redemption. We get to experience restoration. Lord, you come to meet us where we are. And that's the beauty of what you've done. You left your throne room in heaven. You, Emmanuel, came to walk with broken people to understand our struggles and not to condemn us, but to help us. Thank you for being the God who comes to us. And thank you for your grace in our lives that you forgive us. The many times that we've rejected you, you are patient. Your word says that you are patient, you suffer long, and you are such a good God where you wait on us. And so I pray today we'd hear this word, that you are inviting us to a better life, and that life is living it with you, having you at the center of our lives. And so we thank you. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information about Blueprint Church, visit us online at blueprintchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blueprint Church. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.